with me will be in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. We're starting Hebrews chapter 11 today. Uh, we might be a little bit of time in Hebrews chapter 11 as we consider uh, each and every one of these men and women of faith. Uh, but before we get into the men and women of faith, uh, the writer of Hebrews begins by answering the question of what is faith? And so it's with that that we turn to our text this morning. Uh, keep that in your mind that he is beginning to answer this question for us. What is faith? Hebrews chapter 11 verses uh, 1 through 3. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. What is faith? Uh, faith is a word that we often will see used, and uh, quite tongue-in-cheek, if you look at the sermon title, uh, you got to have faith, right? That's a song. I, I can't remember by who. I'm sure my wife would tell me. George Michael. you got to have faith. It's used. Uh, we hear faith, this word used. Faith will get you through this, or you just have to have faith, or your faith will uphold you. But what does it mean? What does this word faith mean? Some will use it simply to say, I have faith in you. I believe in you. Uh, you can do this. I have faith in you. Or others might say, uh, as they use it as a hope, well, I have faith that something will happen. Um, for us at times and others, they use it in conjunction with religion. Faith is what we believe. And certainly each of these in our very confusing language that is English are proper uses of the same word. In fact, but while all, all at the same time having slightly different meanings. One is simply saying, I believe in you, while the other is saying, I hope that this will happen. But there's so much more to this biblical word, faith. Faith is more than an, an empty platitude that we say to someone when they're struggling or when they're hurting or when they're worried. Well, you just got to have faith. You just need more faith. It's not a, just a pithy saying for hard times or a talisman of reassurance when things are bad. Faith is the marker of our Christian life, of our life in Christ. So what does the Bible say about faith? When we think about this question of what is faith, what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible says that through faith, you receive the benefits of Christ's saving work. Through faith, his grace is poured into you. In chapter 11, we're going to see this faith played out. We're going to see the nature of faith. We're going to see the working of faith. If we are going to have and receive eternal life, it will come through faith and through faith alone, in Christ alone. It is through faith we are saved, through the work or through the, and through the lack of faith that we are lost. So as we look at faith this morning, we're going to see three things. Faith 
as assurance, faith as an example, and faith as understanding. Faith as an assurance, faith as an example, and faith as understanding. Verse 1 of chapter 11 might be one of the most often quoted or memorized verses in the Bible. I, I wouldn't be surprised if many of you have heard this before. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith take placed, takes place when things are hoped for, but not yet possessed. In some respects, or in this respect at least, faith deals with future things. It concerns unseen spiritual realities, things that are in the God's sight. The, the problem, though, is that as we enter into this text, the word for assurance there, the Greek word hypostasis, is a hard word to translate. In fact, if you look at different translations, many of them translate it differently. The ESV, the ASV, and the NRS say assurance, while the NIV translates it as being sure. King James Version calls it the substance, while others uh, call it the full confidence. The commentator Philip Hughes said there's four main ways we can really translate this word. So substance, it's the substance It's faith laying hold of the promises of God. It's something solid, yet something unseen. When you think about the substance of something, it's kind of this word that we can't really uh, identify exactly, but we know what it is. And so we're certain of these things. It's the proof of evidence of things that are not seen. So an example of this in the Old Testament would be Abraham. Abraham lived in Canaan, right? The same land that would be the promised land, but he did not possess it. He possessed it in the future by faith that God's promises were sure. So it's the substance, but it's also a foundation. Faith is the foundation of things hoped for. It is the thing on which all else rests. This is how Augustine translated this word. Foundation that faith... Our faith in Christ is the foundation of everything. Still others translated as confidence or assurance, as we see here. It's confidence in things not seen. This is how the writer uses it in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14, uh, that Jesus, he is confident that Jesus will continue to the end. Fourthly, it's the guarantee. It's the title deed to the thing that we do not yet possess. We have it, it is ours, but we do not yet possess it in its fullness. So which is it? I think the writer of Hebrews intentionally used a word, and, and all of these are legitimate translations of the word hypostasis. I think this is intentional. It's intentionally broad because faith is rich and varied. It is substance. It is foundational. It is confidence. It is guarantee. It's all these things. We lay hold of the promises of God. 
which are our foundation, which assure us that we who are in Christ have confidence in eternity. It guarantees, it's that deed that says you are mine. And as the foundation of our faith, we rest secure in the finished work of Christ. We have faith in God and all that he has promised that we will share in eternity with him. Uh, What faith is not is a crutch. There are many who will look at you in this world and say your faith is a crutch either for your ignorance or your laziness or your slothfulness. Whatever it may be, they say it's a crush, but crutch, but that is not what it is. It is living and powerful truth that only comes from God as we come to him in faith. Faith is assurance, but faith is also an example. For by it the people of old received their commendation. I think of the three verses that we look at today, this one is kind of just kind of stuck in there. And it can be easy, I think, over, overlooked. By faith they receive their commendation, and you, you go, well, what is that commendation? And in part, we're going to say, well, is, is the commendation what is about to come? Everything that they're commended for following here, I think that might be part of it. But I think it's so much more than simply that. It was through faith that all those who came before Christ looked to Christ. They were commended for their faith, yes, in their situation, but Abraham and all the fathers were looking to something more. They had faith in the Messiah that was to come. They become our example in this way. We similarly have this kind of faith, but we have a faith that looks backwards and forwards, right? We look back to the cross and we look forward to the promises that are ours. They had faith that God would do all that he had said he had promised to do. John Calvin says this of faith. The spirit of God shows us hidden things, the knowledge of which cannot reach our senses. We are told of the resurrection of the blessed, but meantime we are involved in corruption. We are declared to be just. This two things are going on at once, according to Calvin. We are told about righteousness, yet we feel the weight of our sin. These two things are going on at the same time. And so faith then is acting on things that have not yet been made known to us. One of the mantras that we'll see if you look down in chapter 11, by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Abraham, by faith, so on and so forth. These men and women of faith, they lived by faith with the hope and assurance that what, Christ, what God said he would do, he would see to its conclusion. So, for example, if we were just to look at Noah, 
God came to Noah and said, hey, I'm going to flood the earth. Build a boat, an ark. What did Noah do? He built it. Upon what guarantee did he know that there would, you know, he didn't have James Spann telling him, look, there's going to be this weather pattern that's coming through and, you know, I'm being silly. He didn't know. The only thing Noah had to know that there would be a flood was what? God telling him. And in fact, as Noah built that ark, what did all the people do to him? They they mocked him. They made fun of him. Why are you building an ark? This, this is pointless. You have this huge boat. What are you going to do with it? By faith, he built the ark. Likewise, Moses, and we've been looking at Moses in our Sunday school, he went to Pharaoh with no reasonable expectation that Pharaoh would release the people outside of the fact that God said he would do so. By faith. He acted. Those who put faith in God and his word and not in this world are those that God receives as his own. And over and over again through, the, through chapter 11, we're going to see examples of this. It's their faith in God that makes these people memorable. And note, something interesting as I was reading some commentaries that was noted is this. These are men and women who are not recorded in the history of the world, except in the Bible. It's, they're not notable to the world. They're not rememberable by the world. But they're rememberable, they're remi- reminded to us by God because of the importance of their faith. Not in what they did, but their faith in God. That God would do all that he said he would do. We, much like them, are told Christ is coming. He's coming again and he's preparing eternity for you. But here's the rub at the end of the day. I can show that to you as much as I can show to Noah that a flood was coming. You know what I'm saying? I can't open your eyes into heaven and give you the glimpse, hey, that's where you're going. Now, there are days where I wish I could. For myself, if not for you. We, like them, look towards eternity, but it's not pie in the sky, empty hope. It's not wishy-washy, you're too weak kind of hope. It's hope In the one who has the power over all things. And as we look at these people, we don't glorify in them. We don't glorify in their actions. We glorify in the faith of the one who provided for them. And what do we know about this one who provided for them? This is where chapter verse 3 comes in here. Because we began by saying this is what faith is. It's the assurance, the hope, the substance, the foundation of things hoped for yet not seen. It's the thing that all those who came before through which they received their commendation. But it's not empty. It's not ineffectual. 
He says, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And, and again here, we might be tempted to go, how come the writer of Hebrews is all of a sudden talking about the nature of creation? Why is he talking about the way the world was made? And certainly there's things here that we acknowledge. Yeah, the world was made out of nothing by the word of God. Okay, what does that have to do with our faith? And, and the issue is this, that we live in a time uh, of atheists. And, and Noah lived in a time of atheists, right? A disbelief that God will do what he said he would do. And the atheists would view the universe and all of history and they remove God. One of the popular explanations of the creation of the world in the last, I don't know, I can't remember honestly when the theory was first made known, is the Big Bang Theory. And, and the Big Bang Theory is really this idea or, or the understanding that things can't come from nothing, uh, yet they take this tightly, incredibly dense mass and an explosion happened and everything came out from there. But the question remains, the question that science cannot answer is, where did this incredibly dense mass of, of, of collection of mass come from? Because nothing does not create something. Nothing cannot or ever create something. And so scientists, if you ever can get a scientist, a secular scientist to be honest with you, which sometimes you can and sometimes you can't, um, they have to at some point say, we can't, we have theories by which we maintain all things are created. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's no evidence for it. And this is what the writer here is acknowledging. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Only faith provides the answer to this question. But for the materialist, the Big Bang Theory has taken on divine qualities that rule out the questions regarding its origins. But the writer here says God's word was able. God's word was able to create all things from nothing. Therefore, it is a sufficient ground for our hope. Now, notice the link that is being made here. God's word creates from nothing everything. What quality then does God's word have? Authoritative power. Brothers and sisters in Christ, look at me. Authoritative power. Authoritative power that creates the world out of nothing. That's what this is. This word of God which could create the universe from nothing, has power. And we are to trust it and have faith in it because it has power. Faith is not blind trust. 
We believe that all things are sustained by his powerful word. Our faith grows strong from that word. We rest secure in that word. We bear fruit in that word. It is a faith that is seen in the light of God's sure revelation. And if all this is true, then by faith, by faith we receive the blessing of salvation. Our justification, our forgiveness of sins, the imputations of Christ's righteousness, all received by faith. God, through his acceptance of us by the working of Jesus Christ, has overcome the problem of sin. So that not only does, does by faith are we restored from death, but by faith we are sustained through this life. This is what Paul shows us in 2 Timothy 4. At my first offense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. His strength, Paul's strength, came through faith in Christ and in his word. And it is only in that faith and in God's word that we will ever be able to find strength and courage to stand up against this world and against the trials of this life. Over and over again, as we look at these men and women of faith, as we'll go and look at these men and women of faith, and listen to me, these men and women weren't perfect, were they? When we talk about Moses and his going by faith, and yet and you've studied, we've been studying the first part of the book of Exodus. And what is Moses doing over and over again in the first part of Exodus as we've looked at it? Uh, but God, uh, but God. And yet by faith, he goes. Faith makes us pleasing to God. It makes us useful to others. And these men and women of faith become useful to us because of their faith. J.C. Ryle in his book Holiness says this. Faith is the root of a real Christian character. Let your root be right and your fruit will soon abound. Your spiritual prosperity will always be according to your faith. He that believeth shall not be saved but shall never, excuse me, shall not only be saved, but shall never thirst, shall overcome, shall be established, shall walk firmly on the waters of this world, and shall do great work. Nothing is more beneficial to us or valuable to us than our faith. It gives us union with Christ. It sustains us in the wilderness of this world. It makes us pleasing to us to our God and useful in his kingdom. There are many things we could say about the creation of this world. I don't think the point of this text is to argue how the world was created. And you know, we said a little bit about the Big Bang. If that's the way it happened, I'm okay with that. I don't know. 
But the reality is this. If that's the way it happened, it happened because God did it that way. God was the instrument. God created, and apart from God, we cannot know how things are created. And apart from his word, we can know nothing and understand nothing of the faith that we have in him. It instructs us how we are to interact with this world. It tells us that we are to be a people who live by faith. It becomes who we are. It guides us in all situations of life. The questions, brothers and sisters, is this. When the world looks at us, when we look at each other, do we say by faith? By faith, they go forth. By faith, they live and act and have their being. Our faith must be lived out each and every day. We are to have the fruits of the Spirit on display in our lives. And we're given many examples of this, and we'll see the many examples of this, but the ultimate example of this for us is Christ himself. With diligence, we need to live out our life of faith, because faith, it's the assurance of things hoped for. We hope in eternity. We hope in what God is doing for us, not an empty hope, but a abiding and lasting one. Let us be assured that what Christ has done, what he is doing and what he will do is taking place. Would we know, would we see the examples of faith, not only the examples of faith we see here, but the examples of faith we have in the history of the world. These men and women who have come before us, who have likewise not always received the promise, but have trusted in the promise because of the one who gives is faithful. And would we understand that all things, all things are dependent upon God. There is nothing we know, can know from apart from him because he is the creator of all things. He has done this by the power of his word, the same word which he's given to us by faith. We have faith in an all-powerful God who created everything out of nothing. He is the object of our faith and him alone. This issue was so important in the life of the church. It's the importance that we saw uh, this last, I guess it was almost a year ago now, when we looked at the Reformation 500-year anniversary and we talk about that sola fide Soul of faith, faith alone, by God's grace alone, in Christ alone. These things are sufficient for us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if this is true, if we have faith of the things hoped for, even though we have not yet seen them, if it is the same faith by which all who have come before us have stood, we have faith in the one who by his very word created all things then let us hold firm remember even though we've gone into this section of application the application comes from something it comes from the the argument that the writer has been making over and over and over again Christ is better than all 
He's better than everything. So by faith, even though when you look at this world, you may not have yet received the promise of eternity, by faith, rest secure in the one who had the power to create everything from nothing. Stand secure. Hold firm. Hold the faith. And live in faithful reliance and diligence upon him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you have given us faith. Would it be said of us that we live by faith? By faith, we rested secure in the hope and the promise that you will bring to pass all things you have said you will do. Strengthen us through the trials and the temptations of this life. Focus our eyes upon you. We ask and pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Please.